0: And Happy New Year to all y'all. All All y'all here and over in Appleton, Stevens Point. It's a new year. Praise the Lord. Yes. Chances are you haven't messed anything up yet. It's It's early. I want to read to you from Revelations this morning, the last book in the Bible. And this is toward the end of the last book of the Bible. Now, this last book of the Bible is written by John, um, the Apostle John. He has this vision. He's been arrested for being a Christian and banished on this island and in his solitude. He has this vision, and in this vision, he sees the end of all things. It's a fascinating book. People like to debate all the different meanings in it. It's hard to know exactly everything he's talking about, but it's certainly creepy as you read it. But uh, the good news is in the end, we win. <laughs> Woo-hoo. But uh, at the very end, he has a vision of God, and he says this. Uh, This is after uh, the old earth, this world, is going to pass away. The Bible says when this is all done, this thing's going up in a ball of flame. We're talking serious global warming, and and Al Gore can't stop it. All right, so this whole thing flames up. And then a new heaven and a new earth comes. And I love this where he writes in Revelation 21, verse 4, he says, God, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. I mean, just the tenderness of that is really stunning. That God himself will wipe away the tears from our eyes. Why? Because there'll be a lot of tears. You know, this, this life's hard. Anybody notice? <laughs> Not exactly the easiest experience. I mean, you're born... You got to learn how to walk. The whole body training thing can be an experience. You go through childhood, then you get puberty, everything. Just they get married. Of course, then you're convinced everything will be perfect, and then a week later, you find out it's not, and life is hard, and you got to get up, you got to go to work. What a drag. You gotta pay bills, you gotta change poopy diapers, you gotta do all the stuff you gotta do. Life can be hard. It's a lot of sorrow, a lot of pain, a lot of difficulties, a lot of challenges, sickness, all of the above. And uh, it just gets really tough and it says that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death, thank God, or mourning, or crying, or pain. For the old order of things, what order is that? This order that we live in has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne talking about God said, I am making everything new. Now, this is on a grand scale. But the truth is God is always making things new. That's what he does. We celebrate a new year. The reality is every day is a new day. And the Bible says His mercies are new every morning. Thank God for that. All right. Uh, this, this morning I uh, was having a really weird dream. Just an icky dream. And, it, and I'm, not, I'm not looking for pity here. And I'm not struggling. I'm just, it was just a weird dream. You know, when I dream of aliens. I'm not freaked out about that either. I'm having this dream that everybody I'm talking to tells me what a horrible person I am. (laughs) And what a failure I've been and how I've made no difference in anybody's life. Everything has been a complete waste of time. You're a nobody, you're nothing. Nothing you've ever done has ever meant anything to anybody. And I mean, it's like a depressing dream. And then I wake up. You just feel awful. You know, some of these dreams you just feel. It's kind of like when your wife has a dream, a real vivid dream that you did something bad and she wakes up mad at you. <laughs> it was a dream. I don't care. I'm still mad. It was horrible. Yikes. I just had this dread. I woke up just. Ugh. So what would you do? I quoted that verse. His mercies are new every morning. Even if everything in my dream was true, it's a new day today. Praise God. If my life hasn't been anything so far, it's a new day today. It's always new. He makes things new. Second Corinthians Paul writes these words. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Look at all the new, new, new words here. He likes to make all things new. He's always creating new things. And I've, of course, this verse is talking about when you first come to faith in Christ. But we have to remember that this is true continually. Sometimes people say, you know, well, yeah, it was great when I first came to faith. Everything was new, but now I've been at it for a while. i made mistakes. you got to understand, he keeps making things new. Every morning. Every day is a new day. Even if you totally messed up horribly. It's a new day if you will reach out and let his regenerating life fill you. you say well i'm a mess <laughs> well good he loves to take messes and straighten them out you ever watch it? you know there's like <clears throat> when i grew up there were like two stations in Nielsville, wisconsin and if you got really cool antenna you could pick up lacrosse and get the third station you know everybody like, well now today there's hundreds what's amazing is you know there's nothing to watch offers of channels, you know, I can have nothing to watch. But they have all these bizarre shows on today. There's a little bit of everything. One of the shows that really gets my attention, I don't even know what the name of it is, but they take old things and they restore them. And it's really cool. I mean, they take things that are junk. It's just you look at it and go, if I saw that, I'd say, that's junk. I don't do junk. And I would move on. But they would take these things and they bring them back to life. They get rid of the, you know, they restore cars or gadgets. Like, it's really fascinating. You know, people are into, like, cars again or restoring homes uh, or… Actually, some of those beautiful things are things that have been restored. I was up in Moose Jaw, Canada in November. Moose Jaw. I like the Canadians. They're all crazy. Great people. And uh, Moose Jaw. And and in Moose Jaw, there's this old hotel that's just, you know… 100 years-plus old, and it's all ratted, and nobody's using it anymore. Somebody came and bought it and restored the thing. It is gorgeous. It's an amazing thing. And that's where we stayed. It was just fabulous. Uh, uh, Deanna got me a uh, pinball machine for Christmas. (laughs) If if you've seen this on Facebook, (laughs) those of you who have not, People say, was that really true? Yeah, it was really true. So I don't know if you've ever seen a pinball machine. They're not small. (laughs) They're like really big yo mama things. And um, so she got this pinball machine, and she had it delivered while I was out of town. And they put it in the corner and put a big blanket over it. But you could walk in and right away go, why is there a pinball machine under a blanket? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) You immediately would know what that was. And they had a blanket on. and They put some pillows and something. Well, I can't walk. Up. I never noticed it. <laughs> I never noticed. It. And she would keep. She would grab me every time she says, "Look at me." What? You know what you're getting for Christmas, don't you? And I go, "How would I know what I'm getting for Christmas?" Because <laughs> nobody could be that ignorant. But apparently, I am. <laughs> so humiliating. Anyway, I was clueless. But anyway, finally, there was they pointed it out. Oh, there it is. And uh, it's an an old pinball machine. It's a Rocky and Bullwinkle. You remember Rocky and Bullwinkle? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, great stuff. All these little things and Boris, Boris and Natasha, you know, and all these different things. So anyway, it's an old machine, but this guy, whoever he is that she got it from, he takes these things and he restores them. And the thing is like, it's brand new. Everything in it works. All the effects, all the sounds of Rocky, Bullwinkle, Boris, everybody. I mean, it's all coming out of this. Ding, 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 And it's very cool. That It's back to life again. Uh, it was a big hit in the house. Everybody was playing that more than anything over the holidays. I must confess, I have the high score. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but they take, you know, stuff that some people would think, well, this is just a piece of junk, right? Old beat-up machine, whatever. They take, they'll paint it again. They'll just literally Bring it back to life. These people love to. it. It's fascinating to watch them do it. And I don't know how to do that kind of stuff. I, but I really appreciate people who do. Uh, but that's what God does. He's always taking and making things new. Even when you get nicked up, you know, he'll fix things. I don't fix things so much. Actually, I got a bad door in our house right now. The screws are coming out of the, I don't know how to fix it. Come to my house. I need some help. Anyway, uh, but God loves to fix things. Thank God for it. Part of the Christian experience is constantly letting him make us new again. You don't need to wait for the 1st of January. He'll make you new all the time as you're going along. In Colossians, Paul writes to the church there, he says, do not lie to each other. Kind of an interesting thing. Why would they be lying to each other? But do you know, people easily can get up caught, in, caught up in lying. Little itty bitty lies to great big yo mama lies. And the reason people lie is to protect themselves. That's what it is. Sometimes people get in really bad places. And, uh, and then everybody gets mad because it's all the lies. And I always look at them and say, well, why are you reacting to the lies? That's what happens when people get in bad places. They lie. You know, it's not a separate attack on you. It's just they're trying to protect themselves. It's, what, it's, it's, it's natural. And what Paul's trying to say is don't, don't do that. And it can even be little things. You know, you might come to church this morning just feeling awful. People say, how you doing? You say, "Oh, I'm great. You liar. You're not great. You're horrible. But we do that because well, I don't want anybody looking and these little... And he's trying to say, he says, don't, don't do that. Don't lie. You don't have to protect anything. And, and what people need to do is they need to feel safe enough that they don't have to lie. Uh, I've always encouraged the church here, you know, we need to just let people be people. Don't be beating up on everybody all the time. Church needs to be a place where it's safe enough to fail. It's true. It needs to. This isn't about perfect people. Uh, There is no perfect church. Uh, And and if you showed up there, it wouldn't be perfect anymore anyway. So what are you going to do? So do not lie to each other. Since you've taken off the old self with its practices... And to put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Again, writing to Christians about this continual attitude. Not a one-time deal, but a continual attitude of just reassessing, putting off the old, putting on the new. Being intentional. Again, in Ephesians, he says, You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, is what it does, And to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Again, this attitude, put off the old, put on the new. It is not a one-time experience. It's something you must continually do. Uh, And you say, well, Pastor, I, you know, I've, I've got issues. Well, everybody's got issues. People are jacked up. And sometimes we think, you know, that the early church, we always talk about, oh, the, how wonderful it must have been in the early church, and I'm sure it was, but they were pretty jacked up. They were a big mess too. Read it, I mean, just open your eyes. When you read it, look at the context. It, and any pastor, you know, I know people listen to us all around the world. I was talking to a pastor actually texting this morning, talking about the, the frustration. Of dealing with people and sometimes you feel like like a failure you know like I woke up this morning just feeling awful Uh, but then you read like first Corinthians any pastor out there who's discouraged any Christian who's discouraged because people are not perfect just read first Corinthians because this is the most jacked-up church in the history of churches and he's writing to them and he's encouraging them but I mean they are at each other's throats they're split off in different groups. I like Pastor Joe. I like Pastor Latham better. I like Pastor Mark, which, of course, I should win. But anyway, every, you know, and they're all <laughs> at each other. And they're, su- they're taking each other to court, and they're suing each other. I mean, the place is a mess. Totally jacked up. Guys are, are going to prostitutes. He's writing to them. says, guys, stop. He says, don't you realize your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You know, people like to quote that verse, and they think it means eating vitamins. And gluten-free bread no it's don't be hoeing around is what that is because your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit they, they'd have communion now originally communion was a meal it actually was a meal it was the last supper Jesus did the supper and then they would get together and they would have this meal and when during this meal they would reflect on The body of Christ in the bread and in the wine. But Paul says, you guys, you're getting together, and it's a party. And you're pigging out. And some of you are drinking so much wine, you're getting hammered. That was their version of communion. Which, by the way, I know a bunch of evangelical Christians. think. No, when the Bible says wine, it's talking about grape juice. Really? Then how are they getting hammered? Some of the dumbest thinking, honestly. By the way, I saw a new updated list of the 20 drunkest cities in America. Twelve of them are from Wisconsin. Uh, Green Bay dropped from one to three, so we're improving. <laughs> or they didn't take a survey last week. I don't know. Anyways, you know. <laughs> but that was, that was communion. Paul got really mad at them and just reamed them. Uh, and ever since then, communion now is a little tiny piece of bread. <laughs> a little tiny. <laughs> that's why that's all it is. Originally, it wasn't that way. It was a meal. But they were so out of control because they get together, they're all just picking out and partying. They weren't taking us seriously. So now we focus very little and try to take it much more seriously. This idea of even in a messed up church like that, though. They were having miracles, and God was doing new things. In fact, it was to that church that he wrote, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. He writes to the Roman church. He says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now here he's talking about baptism, that symbolism of being buried in the water and coming out of the water like Christ came out of the grave and we now live a new life. But again, these are not one-time experiences. We ought to constantly be reminding ourselves: live in the newness of life because that old nature keeps coming back. He says, well, it's, it's dead. Yeah, but it's dead like, like in a movie where the dead guy keeps coming back to life. You know what I like? I just watched a, they call it a Christmas movie <laughs> where the Bruce Willis, what's the name of that thing? Die Hard, Die hard right? <laughs> and the big you mama guy, he finally strangles. <laughs> and then at the end of the movie, who comes back? The hanging guy. I'm thinking, wait a minute, you're supposed to be dead. But that's always the bad guy who comes back to life. Ah! You know, and they finally deal with him. Well, that's the old nature. That old nature in you will come back if you are not paying attention. This is the great struggle of Christianity. We now walk in this new life, but the old one is still there. And you have to be intentional to push it. I'm telling you, there's some real ugly inside of us. Somebody say amen. amen. And even when you're walking in faith, if you're not paying attention, if you're not being intentional, walk in the newness of life, the newness of your faith. mercy's new every morning. That old nature will resurrect itself and come back. Sometimes it'll slowly sneak up on you but you'll start acting in ways you shouldn't be acting and reacting. Of course, when we react, we always think, well, it's somebody else's fault, right? I'm not a mean, nasty person. It's that person's fault that made me act that way. No, they just trigger that old nature in you, and yes, inside you is a mean, nasty, ugly person. What do we do? Bury that sucker (laughs) and walk in that new person that God has created inside of you. It's, it's an amazing, there's, you know, there's just, you have no idea what's inside you. And I've warned many times, don't think you wouldn't do whatever you think somebody else did. Don't ever look at anybody down your nose and condemn somebody else for what they did. Oh, I'd never do that. Yeah, you would. You absolutely would. Every one of us is capable of anything. Some of us are capable of such horrendous things, you don't even want to think about it. Given the right circumstance, anybody is capable of Anything. You know we do these tours with uh, jimmy brash we go into these prisons and some of the nicest guys in the world in there really nice people and you think why you're such a nice guy we're talking we're thinking, how'd you end up here i killed somebody <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know oh my gosh how's that even possible right time, wrong situation, right buttons pushed, you react in a horrible, horrible way. That's why we pray as we prayed in the Lord's Prayer. Keep us from temptation. It's one thing you should always be, Lord, throughout the week when you pray, even your simplest little prayers before you, when you first get up, when you go to bed at night, and Lord, keep me from temptation. Keep me away from those things that would cause me to stumble and fall. Because if you don't do that, I will certainly surely as the sun will rise, I will stumble and fall. That should always be our attitude. And to remember, we need to watch for that old nature that pops up. There's some ugly inside of you that'll shock you sometimes. <laughs> Reminds me of a story. I was in a, where it was like Frankenmuth, Frankenmuth is the name of that? Michigan, little town over in Michigan, pretty little town. And... Uh, uh, Big tourist area and stuff like that, and I'm there. There's like six of us there, and we're going up and down the town. And we're checking everything out, and it's it's really cool. So we're at this restaurant, really cool, and all these nice eating places. And when uh, after eating there, I came out and, and went and sat in this little courtyard on this real pretty place. Uh, everybody else was still inside. I don't remember why I went out first, but anyway, and and I'm just sitting there, and uh, and all of a sudden I had to sneeze. I mean, hey! You know, and you kind of hold it. You know what I'm saying? You try to... Because you don't want to go... But when you do that, you tense up, you know. And I'm like... And I broke wind. You have no idea what's inside you sometimes. I didn't feel nothing. I didn't know nothing was there. Usually you can tell, you know. And I'm telling you, it was like a rifle went off. If there'd have been Marines around, they'd have jumped, jump recovery has got a gun. I'm telling you, it was loud. Oh, my goodness. It was not only the loudest experience of my life, it was the loudest one I've ever heard from anybody ever. And, and this courtyard is like all concrete with brick walls. I mean, it was like reverberating. you Boom. And, and, and all of a sudden I went, was that me? That didn't just happen. And, and then there were 3 prebubescent boys over in the corner, dying laughing. I mean, this was the best gift they've ever gotten. I mean, they were in did he just do that? Oh, man. And the worst was I'm sitting all by myself. Because you can't hide. Because if you're next a few other people, you can always look at them and say, dude, you know. But I mean, that's... You'll be shocked what's inside you. To this day, I'm terrified every time I have to sneeze. I'm, I'm not kidding. If it happened once, it could happen again. I'm sure that was encouraging to somebody. I don't know. Anyways, so all, all kind of stuff can happen. We need to take off the old, put on the new. Peter wrote to the Christians in his day. And he says, you know, like newborn babies. See, the word new all the time. New, new, new. This whole thing's about new. Like newborn babies craves pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. You know, let's grow. Let's grow in our faith. Somebody said, what are we doing this year? I said, let's grow. Let's grow in our faith. Let's grow as a church. I don't encourage y'all. You know, this year, let's be intentional. Invite people to church. Just invite people. Be nice to them. Yeah? Be friendly to people. Be friendly to neighbors. Find opportunities. Man, you ought to come to church with us. We'll take you out for dinner afterwards. You know, some kind of something. Just find a reason to invite people. If we were just starting to invite, when you're on the Facebook and stuff, you know, at the beginning of every service, there's a thing that goes out on our Facebook that says the service is starting. Well, invite people. You can actually invite people at the beginning because Deanna was doing it. I'm watching it because you can see how many people. And all of a sudden it's like a really high number. So why is, is that number so high? She says, Cause I'm inviting everybody. <laughs> she doubled the number, one person. Just, hello, 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 hello. Y'all should do that. This morning I came, I tried to do it. I couldn't figure it out though. <laughs> so You know, if you're not a complete nimrod, figure it out. Invite people, what are they gonna do? They don't wanna watch it, they don't watch it. Well, just keep inviting them, keep, meet people, look for opportunities. I'm not talking about just stick your religion in people's faces and be obnoxious, but look for opportunities. Be nice to people and invite them into your world. I know a lot of y'all don't like to invite people in your world. It's just the way you're wired. I get that. But sometimes we've got to push past our comfort zone. Invite people into your world, and part of your world should include your faith experience. If we would just be more intentional this year. Let's be intentional this year. Let's invite people. Because people like coming here. Now, we're not everybody's cup of tea. You know, somebody here this morning for the first time just heard the breaking wind story. They ain't never coming back. All right. So, but some of them thought, well, that was pretty cool. So, there's some people, they really like this. This is, this is a cool church. This is a lot of energy here and fun. And people want to experience God in their lives. Most people struggle in life. Life is hard. People hear the chance, you mean I can do a new life. I can start over again. I can get a reset. Yes. God can take your life, no matter how jacked up, how many failures you've had, and create a new life in you. This is good news. That's the good news of the gospel. We read in the book of Acts, the early history of the church. It says they arrested the apostles, put them in public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors, let them out. And what did the angel say? Go, stand in the temple courts and tell the people all about this new life. People will not find out if you don't tell them you got to tell them. you got to tell them. Look for opportunities and pray for opportunities. Lord, give me opportunities to tell people of this wonderful newness of life that we share either as individuals or family and stuff like that. Look for opportunities, but you've got to be intentional. Just don't skate through life in your Christian experience and just miss people walking by. There's a lot of hurting people. And all of our campuses right now, we are surrounded right now by tens of thousands of people, just in this building and all those buildings There are tens of thousands of people around your building right now that never go to church. You know, most people do not go to church. They just don't. Most of your family doesn't go to church. Most of your friends, most of the people you work with, none of them, and a lot of them have no idea where you go and what kind of a place they could come to and experience Christ. Man, this is a great opportunity. You know, it reminds me of this story about two guys went to this country in Africa and there were shoe salesmen. And one of them sends back the text, says, this is, this is a waste. Nobody here wears shoes. And the other salesman said, man, send me everything you got. Nobody here wears shoes. Have that kind of attitude. Look for the opportunities. Just don't moan and groan that you live in a world where people don't respond to the gospel. Let's be intentional this year. And let's grow. He makes all things new. That's what he does. He's going to do it in a big, on a big scale at the very end. But even now, to anybody who will receive him. In fact, even the Lord Jesus, when he was at the Last Supper that we talked about, he said, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant, a new beginning, a new promise. That's what we celebrate. I'm gonna ask our ushers to get ready to come now and serve communion uh, as well as at our campuses. This is the point in the service where we stop and reflect on this new covenant, which is a promise. We can have forgiveness of sins through the blood of Christ. That's what we reflect on when we take drink the wine. His body was broken so that we could be whole. That's what we think of when we take the bread. All of this is to celebrate what Christianity is all about, that we can have a new beginning, a new start. And even if you had the worst week of your life this last week, even if you've been coming to church and maybe this last week you were just in a mess, reacting badly to neighbors or to family or husbands, wives, whatever, no matter what mistakes you've made this last week, the Bible says when we take communion, it's a time to reflect, to push the reset button. Let it make things new in you. I'm going to ask us all to pray a prayer together. If you are new to what I'm talking about and you've never really experienced God's newness in your life, if you'll pray this prayer with us this morning and open up your heart, God will come into your life and He will start to change everything. And in a wonderful way, He can take the hurt and bring peace. He can take the brokenness and make you whole. He can take the sickness out of your life and bring you health. That's what it's about. And if you pray this prayer with us this morning, you can start to have your first experiences of having him make everything new as we start this new year together. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God and that you love me so much you went to the cross and took my punishment. I ask you to come into my life forgive me of my sins and to make all things new. Amen.